Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya basketball podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Bancroft, and we've got some visual today some video if you can believe it i'm sitting here with the one and only marcus washington at mtc with mook and we just watched georgetown come back to beat syracuse 79 75 in a game that wasn't going great at the half Hoyas were down 10 they couldn't defend they couldn't shoot and it was like basically two different teams came out of the locker room huge win for georgetown they're now five and four Syracuse falls to 5-5, five and five, and it's by far Georgetown's best win of the season. It's actually, unfortunately for Syracuse, not unfortunately, but unfortunately, Georgetown falls in the category of it's a bad loss. Okay, Aminu Muhammad, you know, played 37 minutes, was unstoppable in the second half, 20 of his 23 points, 13 rebounds, his fourth double-double in nine college games. He showed why he is the best recruit in a long time for Georgetown. You know, actually, I think I'm going to take my mask off here in a second. But um, we just got out of the Syracuse locker room. Marcus, what are your initial thoughts on what we just saw? I mean, it was night and day, right? Two different games? Yeah, and even though uh, Patrick said that he didn't really make adjustments in the second half or he didn't talk about it, they did. They changed the way that they were running the offense. Some of their sets were different. They had that circle motion, and they went small. As, as much as everyone wants to play that down, going small actually changed the tenor of this game. And And... You could tell in Tyler Beard's uh, minutes when he came in and playing Beard and Harris together um, also helped this team. So, you know, sometimes we're critical when we don't think that coaches make the proper adjustments. I thought in the second half today that that Ewing does deserve some credit for making the adjustments that he did make. Now, one of the adjustments was sort of forced on him, and Dante Harris went down. I couldn't see it from where I was. I had to stand up. I looked over, and it looked really bad. He had to go back in the locker room. I said, oh, he's out. Next thing you know, he does come back, but, you know, Tyler Beard, who was a heavily recruited point guard, ended up going to a prep school. You know, he was a more, um, more uh, you, know, um, uh, you know, esteemed recruit than Dante Harris, to put it that way. And, uh, you know, he came in. I thought the offense was great with him. He hasn't been playing a lot. You know, he, Tyler Beard, ended up with, bear with me, so he had four assists in ten minutes. But, man, he's, you know, if they had hockey assists, the pass... You know, the, to the guy that made the pass, I thought he played great. And, you know, going forward, I think we're going to see a lot of Tyler Beard. Yeah, Beard had the ball moving, and that is the point. The stats doesn't do him any credit, but he moved the ball, and the ball was reversing. And that was the other thing that Georgetown did in the second half, ball reversal. The ball reversal, being able to get the ball to the free throw line, a little bit below the free throw line, and then the world opened up. Nice little bounce passes from Muhammad to Holloway and, and other guys to Holloway down low and I think it was said at the press conference they were almost more impactful with a smaller guy down there by the box than they were with a bigger guy because of the bounce pass and not trying to throw over Syracuse's zone. 
Now, there's always like, so much to digest when Georgetown plays Syracuse, and you know they named uh, the court officially after John Thompson Jr. He had some of his family out there. We got to see Bayheim post game, which it was definitely a very subdued Bayheim. Um, were you surprised at all? I mean, he can't be because it's kind of what he does, but he was not very complimentary of Jesse Edwards. And particularly, he wanted to talk about that final play where, you know, Caden Rice, who came close to breaking the Georgetown all-time record for threes attempted in a game, Iverson 16, Caden ended up with 15. He had, like, you know, eight real quick. Um, what was it that happened specifically on that last play? And uh, are you surprised, or what do you think about when uh, Beheim just speaks freely like that and <laughs> talks about his players? <laughs> I thought it was interesting. I asked uh, Cole Swider about it in the locker room, um, about that last play. And he said that he had pinched in, and he thought that he had gotten a decent closeout on okay. Rice, making him fade away. Um, I don't know if, if once he watches the film that he'll uh, describe his, um, his closeout as a decent closeout. I don't, I don't think it was a good closeout at all. But it looked like to me it was a miscommunication. And, and Beheim. Um, as I've seen him more in press conferences, he does not shy away from if he feels like a particular player has missed an assignment. And he talked about Jesse Edwards missing assignments even earlier in the in the game. Um, I thought on the last play, it looked like a communication issue when, when there was a pinch that was too far in. Someone has to try to get over the top. And neither one of them really tried to get over the top. And it was almost like the defense was, I hope he misses. And he didn't miss. You know what, though? So, Caden Rice, who we just, you know, we saw him make 10 of 12 threes the other night for career high 34. He played most of the game, 35 minutes. He was 5 for 15 overall. All the shots were threes. He started 3 for 5. He missed 7 at one point. I asked Patrick about it post game. You know, shoot or shoot, that's just what you do. You know, the idea that he, after all those misses, still gets him up and, you know, he made the big shot when it, when it mattered. What, what do you think about Caden Rice? If I have that freedom to do that, I mean, that's got to be a blessing that you get from coaches that you could uh, be five for 15 and he has the confidence in you to be able to take that shot and to run a play that gives you that opportunity shot. So for me, I think that frees up Rice to make a shot like that, that big in a situation where it's not a great shooting day for him. And I give him a bunch of credit because he came off that screen. He caught it. It was one, two, and he was right in the shot. He wasn't thinking about it. He wasn't worrying about missing it. It was completely in rhythm. Yeah, I, you know, there's been a lot of great shooters that come through here. I feel like I always, you know, between Austin Freeman and Hollis Thompson, and you know, I'm going to miss a lot, DSR maybe. But, man, you know, just the way Caden can just effortlessly. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I thought we were going to see 23s. And he got a couple threes blocked in the first half. You know, is, you know, Syracuse, you know, that zone, it's not just a 2-3 that they just go out there and play. It changes and it moves and they mm -hmm. figure out, okay, this is this is where it needs to stop. And they did, they did a pretty good job. Now, Aminu Muhammad, okay, there were some people I was talking to and at halftime that maybe hadn't seen him yet. And we're kind of thinking, okay, raw, you know, really aggressive, gets rebounds. I mean, is that one of the best halves we've seen by any Georgetown player and you know Ron Bailey from Hoyer Report was talking about just his poise catching it in the middle with the small ball just from a coach and just from what you've seen how incredible was that second half well again he caught the ball in traffic he tried to finish in traffic in the first half I thought he rushed it yeah he's like and one for seven one for yeah, eight in the second half it's like he slowed it down like he's, in the matrix yeah he slowed it down and because he slowed it down he was so much more efficient from there. And that's poise. I know stars don't mean a lot. 
but he was a five star and he's one of the five stars who are actually playing like a five star yeah. on a team that needs him to play like yeah, a yeah, five yeah. star. He doesn't get a chance to kind of wait and feel it out. Like yeah. he's the guy and he has it. I mean, right now he leads the team in rebounding. Yep. He leads the team in points. It's only nine games, but I think that at least one of those is going to hold up. And, you know, he's everything that everyone wanted. And, you know, uh, friend of the program, Jeff Goodman, just never has anything but good things to say about Georgetown. I can't help but read too much into it. Somebody retweeted him post-game where he said something like, Aminu Muhammad is, you know, really special or whatever. And it's hard not to take that comment in him sort of a little bit of shade to the coaching staff, right? <laughs> right. I, no doubt. <laughs> Goodman. Um, but, no, uh, Muhammad, the one thing I was impressed about is he only took one three-pointer. It was in rhythm. He made the one three-pointer. But he was disciplined in everything he did today. He didn't float out to the perimeter. He didn't float out away from where he was supposed to be against that zone. He was so disciplined. And that's not a small feat, especially for a freshman. You see juniors guys kind of drift and drift. He never drifted. And he set up so many things for other people. So... He had half of Georgetown's offensive rebounds. Yeah. I mean, what he's doing as a rebounding, I guess, do we want to call him a wing player, a guard, a four, I mean, you know, whatever you want to call him, he's not a big man. No. And, you know, he just gets the ball. Like, he just finds a way to get the ball. Um, you know, we were in there talking to Gerard, which was pretty cool. By the way, just the setup for Syracuse it had an NCAA tournament feel in that, I mean, shoot, I haven't been in a locker room since COVID. Just walk right in, talk to guys. Pretty cool. Now we got to admit, Georgetown they brought Muhammad out. They had three players. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. But then to be able to walk in there and you know the kids are just you know the same kids that Jim might throw under the bus are just sitting there, <laughs> sort of in their little cubby holes waiting for guys to come and talk to them. Yeah. And I thought he was pretty honest. And yeah. what what do you think changed? Because at halftime it was just like, wow, this kid can get whatever he wants. As much as uh, they might have downplayed it, it was Georgetown going small and switching. Yeah, when they switched the ball screen. Gerard did not have any good looks. He was 1 for 7 in the second half, 0 for 5 from, from the three-point line. And it was the switching. He didn't have any room. And it didn't seem like Syracuse adjusted to Georgetown's adjustment with going small. And that was a question that I probably should have asked behind. They basically only play five guys. Yeah. You know, the, the local kid from here, I think he came out this, you know, just show you the different media environment that maybe Georgetown basketball is in Syracuse, is, um, what's the kid's name? It's Benny Williams. He came out and had to say, hey, look, guys, I'm not transferring. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, the fact that, that that's something that happens. It came brought up, I was on Syracuse radio yesterday, and, mm -hmm. they're, like, they're stars up there. Yeah. You, you know, but, I mean, they play five guys. No one off the, they played eight guys. No one off the bench had more than, you know, nine minutes. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, they... They just, they just don't have the guys, and th there is no adjustment if you're not going to make a, make a substitutions. Right, and I, I thought maybe, you know, what you do is you get Gerard off the ball so he can get the ball back in action, and if you get the ball back in action, a lot of times you can get the ball in space, but it didn't seem like Syracuse wanted to go to that, and look, I'm not telling Jim Beheim how to coach. I'm not yeah, trying bad idea. to tell him. I'm not trying to tell him to change play. None of that, but I just thought there would be a little bit more creativity because it was obvious that they needed him, and to be fair, I think Syracuse, I looked up earlier, in their five wins this year, they had averaged making 10 threes. And, and today, they made eight. And you might say, well, that was close. Well, this was a close game. And I thought that Georgetown did defend the three well. They did give up threes on second shots. It was second shot, kick out. I'm kicking out into a guy who has space. But they really didn't have the defensive laps give up the three-point shot against Syracuse. Not a bunch. And that, that also played a huge part in making things diff difficult for their shooters.
Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. So, so much good in the last 20 minutes. What do we think is most likely to, to stay with them? Like, you know, what was sort of what happened today? And what do you think is the most likely thing or the most important thing that they need to continue going forward? Because look, let's be honest, you know, I, I was talking before uh, we got the players to come in, you know, their best Ken Palm win before today was 200, you know, beating Longwood. You know, Syracuse is like mid-50s, maybe they're 60 or so now. Right. So, you know, for Georgetown, that looked pretty good today. We don't really know how good Syracuse is, but Syracuse got wins against legitimate programs. Yeah. You know, beating Florida State, beating yep. Indiana, stuff like that. They also have their own warts. They lost to Colgate, you yes. know, things like that. Um, what part do you think going small? Do you think Muhammad playing like he's an NBA, you know, draft pick, which people don't want to talk about for a while, right. uh, playing more Tyler Beard? Like, what do you think is the most likely or most important thing that if you could take from this game, you would like it going forward? Ewing's willingness to make adjustments. That is the thing, to adjust to what's going on out there, not to force feed having traditional bigs always out on the floor. And I think he did a good job afterwards right. saying, you know what, Matumbo had a great game the other night. This wasn't a Matumbo game. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it, it doesn't, you know, that's okay. You know, he said, you know, Wilson did okay, and he's not really an offensive threat. Matumbo is. But, yeah, I think that's got to be the thing. And, man, it's going to be hard to figure out who's playing because Tyler Beer's got to get some more minutes. Yes. Right? Yes, absolutely. I just love the way he controlled things. He didn't try to do too much. He didn't try to be an offensive star. He went out there with the idea of, I'm going to run the offense. I'm going to make the right basketball play. I'm not here to be the hero. And again, that might sound small, but trust me, that's not small. And it, and it played a big part in, uh, in the win today, even though, like you said, it was only, it was only 10 plus minutes. But it was the biggest like more. 10 plus It was minutes. the biggest 10 minutes of the game. Yeah. You know, which is absolutely what happened. So we've been in here. The building has just been, I don't even know how to say it nicely, uh, 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 lifeless. Yeah. Uh, right? I mean, the last couple games, 3,000 people listed, felt like 800. It was awesome today. You know, and there's a lot, a lot of that is the visiting team. Yeah. But even with that, let's say it was even 50 50, you know, because there was, you know, there was chance both sides. I mean, how great, I think I tweeted something generic and lame and people could say that maybe that's such a low bar. I was like, man, we are at a, this is a great environment. Yeah. And like, you know, you kind of like, you hope that's always the, the case, but it felt good in here. It did. <laughs> it did. No, it did. It felt, I mean, it, it felt like the players could, could feed off of it. It felt like the fans were feeding off of it. And it felt like a, a game, a college game of of two rivals or former rivals, however you want to put it, going at it. And it kind of was nice to kind of jump into the Wayback Machine and be reminded to how special this game has always been. Yeah. So before the game, uh, they put the John Thompson court on the court. They had some of his family. That is daughter, I believe, Tiffany. Some of the grandkids. I don't know all the kids' names, but, man, the one, the biggest grandkid, looked just like Big John and JT3. I'm going to assume that's JT4. Um do you, do you, if you had to guess, you know, 
the idea that Ronnie and John JT3 weren't a part of that, I thought a little bit strange, but I also understand from the standpoint of maybe if you're those two men, you don't want to take away any of the attention that you hope your father gets because maybe people have feelings. People should have no feelings about them. I mean, those are John Thompson Jr.'s kids. Yeah. You know, uh, Ronnie's been an assistant here. He has something going on currently. And JT3, you know, probably the second best coach in program history. Yeah. Uh, I was a little surprised that they weren't part of that. And hopefully that was their choice. Yeah. Right? Well, I, I hope it was their choice, too. And I can understand Wanted to, yeah. not wanting to uh, be out there because, again, what you said, you don't want people ma- now making it about you. How I felt about you when you were a coach. Yeah, and give and you get and then you know you give Patrick his chance. Maybe there was a coach in between. Yeah. Maybe JT three gets more involved because he's a big part of this program, right? Yeah. But man, that one kid I looked at, you know at uh, sitting by Gene and I was like, man, that looks. <laughs> I mean, family is family. You can right. you can abs- you can absolutely tell. Um, yeah, so this is going to be posted on Kente Corner. Everyone, subscribe, like all that stuff. Let me know. Marcus has this on his streamyard. I've tweeted it out. Hopefully people get a chance to look at it. Yeah. Anything more you want to add? Are you going to be here against Howard? I should be here against Howard. I, Howard's not bad. They're not bad. No, they, they can shoot. Be a, and it's, it's going to be interesting game. going from the 14,000 or so that were here and the building was rocking and it's Georgetown, Syracuse and Ewings and Bayheims and Matumbo and Alonzo Morning. Everyone's here yeah. to going to maybe, you know, back down another 2,000 people. And how do they handle a team that's not bad and can beat you? Right. And that's what we're going to learn about this team is can you follow up a win yeah. like this? Um, against the next opponent um, that that's from a, uh, a a smaller conference. Yeah, and um, they brought out three players: uh, Muhammad, Harris, and Kerry. And it's almost like Kerry's only been here a year and nine games, but he feels like he's like the grizzled vet. Mm-hmm. Thought you know he gave you everything that you needed from him tonight. You know it got yep. to the point where you're like, look, you can't really you know they did the lineups with you know Riley and Billingsley, and it was like you know what we're probably gonna need these guys to stay in as long as possible. Yeah. So I don't want to end here without talking about Don Kerry and his his effect and contributions to the game. Yeah, and it again only seven shot attempts, but it was. Just his ability to control the play out on the floor, when to pass it, when to shoot and it. And get to the line. And get to the line. I was going to say the, the four-point play Does anyone draw more more four-point play opportunities than him? Now He's, he's got to be the, the league leader in that. Right. But has I think he's been called for a couple of flop points. The kick right? or the kickouts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, hey, you take him when you can get him. That was a huge spot. When he when he got the three and, and they called the foul at the, what was it, like the under eight or under yeah. four. Yeah. So. Yeah, no. Um, it's nice. It's nice to do the stream yard through Marcus and happy Kente corners, yeah. right? I get accused of, and it's like, <laughs> hey, like I can't, I can't affect what happens here, you know. Yeah. So it's good. Uh, hopefully, everyone enjoys it, yeah. and uh, maybe we'll add some more, some more video to this. But uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you hopefully soon, Kente Corner, and whatever we're calling the stream yard. Yeah, it is the Georgetown Post Game Special, uh, the Kente Corner edition, Kente Corner edition rather. All right. Okay.